0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, April the 17th, 2023. It is currently 2 p.m. Central time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, some of you may remember this. Some of you probably wasn't, you probably weren't even born yet. But for those who remember great, for those who, who don't remember, you need to pay close attention. It occurred on, if I remember correctly, I got to make sure I have the date here in front of me. It occurred on September the 20th, 1977. September the 20th, 1977, when the Fonzie on happy days Well, he jumped over a shark on water skis. (laughs) It's hard to say with a straight face. September the 20th, 1977, Fonzie and the television show Happy Days. He jumps over a shark on water skis while wearing a leather jacket, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you're like, what are you talking about? Well, there was a very, very, very famous sitcom in the 1970s called Happy Days. It was a, a sitcom that was set, that that the setting for it was the 1950s. That's kind of where it supposedly was happening in the 1950s. It was a sitcom. It was being made in the 70s, but the setting was the 1950s. Fonzie was the leather jacket wearing cool guy who could get all the girls and he was cool and he could do all of these things. Well, the show had been going on for a number of seasons and... <laughs> For some weird reason, someone came up with the idea. I know what we'll do. We'll do a multi-part episode where the people from, the people from Happy Days, they go to Hollywood. They go to California. And while they're there, they'll, they will encounter different adventures and Fonzie will find himself in a water skiing jumping competition and he's going to jump a shark while wearing a leather jacket. And that became known as the Jumping the Shark episode. Now you say, well, who cares? That was September the 20th, 1977. What does that have to do with anything? Well, that that episode, Jumping the Shark, became synonymous from that point forward with any show, with any television show, with any television series where all of a sudden the series is going along and then you're like, wait, what is this? It's almost they've introduced some idea that's not really consistent with the, with the original vision of the show. It's almost like a disconnect. It's like the show just jumped the shark. It just changed and it changed for the worse and you don't want to watch it anymore and many people will just tune out and say it's over. Now, to be fair... And September 20th, 1977, when Happy Days aired that famous episode of Fonzie jumping the shark. I think think the original title of the episode is Hollywood Part 3, if I remember correctly. When he jumped the shark, to be fair, like 30 million people watched that episode. And it went on, the show went on to be number one for years to come. So it did not really hurt that show. Now, I, I think... Some of us who was watching the show at the time, I was young. I I, I think, I don't know how much of a disconnect I realized. I mean, I was very little. So I don't know how much of the disconnect I really understood at the time. But I definitely began to understand that phrase, jumping the shark, as it related to TV shows as I got older. Because I would be like watching a show and be like, oh, no, that just jumped the shark. I'm not watching it anymore. I don't know what just happened. The whole show just went, it like everything just went off. The train left the tracks. The car left the road. Everything just—it just seems like this—the whole series has changed for whatever reason. And it's almost like this is not the same show I've invested six seasons on or five seasons or four seasons or three. Like, all of a sudden, it just feels like it's a different show. It jumped the shark, are you familiar with the phrase "jumping the shark"? Are you familiar with that very, very, very famous episode? I again, I mean, let me look. Yeah, it is called Hollywood Part Three, and again, it aired September the twentieth, nineteen seventy-seven. I, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly what time Happy Days came on back then. I think it was around seven p.m., seven thirty, eight p.m. in the evening. So I know I, I watched it when it happened live. So I was a little kid watching Happy Days on September. <laughs> Uh, the twentieth 19th. I keep wanting to say September thirtieth for some reason. September. I have to keep looking. September twentieth nineteen seventy seven. I was a little kid watching it, and and I, up to that point, I thought Fonzie was cool. I thought Fonzie was. I wanted to be the Fonz, right? But at that point, I thought I don't know if I wanted to be Fonzie anymore. It just seemed ridiculous. Maybe maybe if he wouldn't have had the leather jacket on. Like, come on, take off the leather jacket. You're water skiing for crying out loud. It's just so over the top. It's ridiculous. But from that point on, I definitely understood that phrase. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I'm talking about jumping the shark, the reason I'm talking about that episode of Happy Days, the reason I'm talking about any of that is because, well, our series on law and gospel I felt it jumped the shark. Maybe not in the same way a television show does, but I feel like all of a sudden everything fell apart. It was two, maybe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I don't remember exactly uh, the the how how long ago it was. I walked into Victory Baptist Church. It was a typical Sunday morning. I was excited. I had my book. God's no, God's yes, which we've been working on. We've had what over over eighty hours, maybe over ninety hours of teaching, already. You know, kind of like in the can, already under my belt. We already had it there, like you know, uh, all, you know, cl- almost close to a hundred hours of teaching on law and gospel. And I, I was like, okay, I don't. I mean, you know, we're we're ready to go. We're in thesis number thirteen. This is number 13, page 67 in the book. I mean, you know, I wasn't really worried about anything. I wasn't nervous. I felt like I mean, I mean, we've been doing this now week after week after week after week after week um t- yeah, tons of hours. And and I just felt like I felt like it was I mean, I felt like what else? I mean, I mean, what could go wrong? I mean, like there was nothing in my mind thinking anything could go wrong because we've already, I mean, i i I and I, that's not an exaggeration, probably close to a hundred hours. if I pulled up the series on the Church One app, it probably is close to a hundred hours of content, and that doesn't even count. All of the content that is adjacent to it or connected to it in some way, shape, or form. So you're probably talking well, well over a hundred hours of talking about related issues to law and gospel and things related to lordship, salvation, and just all of these things that we've talked about and talked about and talked about and talked about. So I, I wasn't expecting anything. I just walked in, I opened the book, and I'm like, all right, uh, everyone, we're returning to our study on law and gospel. Uh today we come to thesis number what thesis? I think there was a pause. I think people I think I think some people had a look. Know, someone may have immediately known, but someone I think someone did say a thesis number thirteen. I'm like, okay, good. We remember which thesis we're on. This should be simple. This is an easy one. I think I said something like this. It's easy, it's straightforward, it's only really a barely two and not even a full two and a half pages. It's a short thesis. We should be able to make it through this one in one and one lesson. It should be, I mean, like I, I, there was not even like when, oh, this, like a lot of times I would start in the long gospel series going, okay, this guys, this is going to be a hard one. This is going to be complicated. This is going to get convoluted. I could possibly lose you. Stay with me. Like almost a warning. This one, I was just like, let's do it. This is going to be simple. This is going to be short. Are you ready? Thesis number 13. And then I, I begin to read the thesis. And in fact, I think someone said, oh, this is one that you you changed. Uh, I I think that someone said you didn't change anything about this one because we reworded some of the thesis. And I think they said, oh, this is one that was straightforward. I think so. Maybe it was the last one. But in other words, all the initial signs was that, okay, this is going to be, I mean, 50 minutes of teaching to an hour. It's going to go by just like that. We're going to knock out thesis 13. Man, We can move right on to thesis four. We're going to be done. I'm like, we're on the, we're on the, we've made it to the top of the mountain. Now it's just, we just sit back and coast downhill. It's going to be simple. All right. And then I read these words, the word of God. It's not rightly divided when one makes an appeal to believe in a manner as if a person could make himself believe or at least help toward that end instead of preaching faith into a person's heart by laying the gospel promises before him. That's nothing controversial in my church. We're very reformed. So we believe that obviously faith is not something we just have. Faith is something God has to give us. He has to give us repentance. He has to give us faith. Right, So I'm like, there's nothing controversial about that. This is simple. This is straightforward. We've talked about this kind of thing a million times. We've talked about it in our work on the London Baptist Confession of Faith, on Reformed theology. I mean, so many different times. So nothing. Everything's going good. Everything's going great. All right. I don't even really have to do much explaining that, right? Everyone already knows it. So then I'm like, okay, well, let's just read the first paragraph. Here we go. This thesis... Does not score as an error the demand on the part of the pastor, be it ever so urgent that his hearers believe the gospel. Right? So in other words, it's not an error for a pastor to say urgently, Hey, believe the gospel. There's nothing, that's not an error because we, we claim, we, we preach believe the gospel urgently, but knowing the only people who can believe are those whom God Grants faith because a person cannot make themselves believe. All right. That fits perfectly with Reformed theology. Nobody has a problem. All right. Here we go. That demand has been made by all the prophets, all the apostles. Yes, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So there's nothing wrong with making that demand. Believe in the gospel. Believe in Christ. Put your faith in Christ. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we put forth, in a sense, that demand. We put forth that urgent call, but it's not, we're not committing an error because God is the one who has to grant the faith. Now, if you say believe in the gospel, but you believe people have to make themselves believe. Well, now we get into, well, wait a minute. Are you saved by faith? Are you saved by works? And well, okay, we can get it all to those discussions. So, so far everything's fine. Now, all of a sudden I read this paragraph. When demanding faith, we do not lay down a demand of the law, but issue the sweetest invitation, particularly saying to our hearers, come for all is now ready. Stop right there. And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is the gospel call, is the call to believe in the gospel, is it law Or is it not law? Is the gospel call law or is the gospel call not law? Right? And immediately something went wrong. Like you could just feel the temperature in the room dropped from, you know, a nice, comfortable room temperature to like below freezing. And all of a sudden you could just see confusion. Nobody's like, what is he talking about? And I'm sitting there going, we have talked about this 65,000 times because this is a common issue, even when talking about, forget law and gospel, just talking about reform theology, just talking about salvation. When, when the gospel is preached and it calls, it demands for people to repent and believe is that law or is that gospel? Well, some people say, well, no, 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 it's gospel because it's an invitation. But is it an invitation? Because it says, repent, believe, or perish. Repent, believe, and go to hell. It's saying you must do this. And if you don't do this, you will go to hell. That sounds like law to me. That doesn't sound like gospel. But ever so people are like, well, wait a minute, what are you saying? You're saying the gospel is law? That makes no sense. And I'm looking at them like, what do you mean it makes no sense? We've talked about this. The gospel seems to have, it seems to be making a demand on people. The way we look at it from a reform perspective is, no, 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 no. What the gospel demands, God provides for those whom he saves. God grants the repentance. He grants the faith. Therefore, we don't have to say someone is saved by keeping the law or saved by obeying the law because God is the one who grants it. He's the one who does it for them. But that doesn't change the nature of the gospel because the gospel is calling people to believe. Now, some say, no, no, it's just inviting. But is it an invitation or is it a command? Is the gospel just like, hey, you know, if you're not busy on Tuesday, what about believing in Jesus? Hey, we invite you to believe in Jesus. I mean, if you don't, it's perfectly okay. But I believe when you're inviting and then you say, Come to this place Tuesday at 7 p.m. or you will burn forever. That doesn't seem so much an invitation as much as a demand. So I wanted us to just deal with this tension. What is the gospel law? But every, nobody seemed to have a clue what I was talking. It's like I had a lot. It's like all of a sudden I had a leather jacket on. I had a pair of water skis. Someone was driving the boat and I hit the ramp boom, right over the shark and I landed and I could never, I could never get, I, the whole thing just spiraled out of control and so I kept trying to explain it, I explained it this way, I tried to explain it that way and everybody was just looking at me and it's like, I don't know what happened, it's like literally I jumped the shark and I was like, guys, and I kept saying, we've discussed it. Well, part of me, my frustration for me, I got frustrated because I was like, this this is not like a brand new concept. This This is something that's been discussed by people. This has been an issue within theology. Like, this is not like breaking news. Gospel, the call to believe, mere invitation or a demand. Is it a law? And if it's not a law, then what are the features of law? Doesn't the law say do this and live? Don't do this and perish believe in Jesus. <laughs> believe in Jesus. If you don't, believe in Jesus you live, if you don't, you perish. Is it that not the very essence of law? Does does Jesus simply say, "Hey, if you want to believe you can and if you don't, you don't don't worry about it." It seems it's a it's repent and believe and you will be saved. Those who don't will perish. That sounds like a demand. Now, people say, well, wait a minute. If you turn the gospel into law, well, I turn the gospel into law because guess what? Can I believe? No, I can't believe on my own. I'm incapable. I'm incapable of doing it. God has to grant me the faith. He has to grant me the repentance. And if you do believe that you can do it, then you're being saved by what you do. This has been the whole element or... or, This has been a major issue dealing with Reformed theology versus non-Reformed theology, a Calvinistic approach versus an Arminian approach. The Arminian saying, you can do it. You can. So then they have to say, well, the gospel, the gospel can't be a law then, because then you'd be saved by obeying. It has to be an invitation. You can respond to the invitation, but it's not a law. So then you are saved by responding to the invitation, but, but not by quote-unquote keeping the law so you're still saved by grace. They try to rework it and I'm like, no, I think it's a law and it, it immediately exposes my inability to do so. I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. God's law comes. Believe in the gospel. Repent, believe and you will be saved and if you don't, you'll perish. I cannot do it but Christ ultimately then God has to ultimately grant me repentance and faith. Um, Okay, uh, now I, I went. Okay, someone in the comments section just said, "Am I wrong to say believing the gospel isn't the gospel itself? It's well, believing it, the good news. How can we say believing something is the very thing we believe? That's very true. Believe we believe in the gospel, but the go- the gospel itself is the good news, right? It is the gospel is. If we take the gospel elements, the gospel is." Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, came to die for sinners, right? That's the gospel. That's the basic elements of the gospel. The basic elements of the gospel is you could say the incarnation, life, death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ for us. The gospel is what he's done for us. My believing in it isn't the gospel. My believing it isn't in the gospel. It's I'm believing it. I'm receiving it. But I believe the, so so the gospel demand or the gospel call or the gospel invitation clearly has, the gospel itself is just the good news of what Jesus did for me. But when you give the gospel call, believe, and if you don't, you'll perish, that's a law element. And I cannot do it. So somewhere, and I wanted just people to, To wrestle with it. I I, I was doing my typical thing where I try to throw out a concept trying to get people to wrestle with it, right? But instead of wrestling with it, people just looked at me like, we don't understand what you're talking about, but I thought the people were more than prepared to talk about it because we'd only been talking about it forever. We've talked about this forever. Now, I do understand. Some emailed me and said, well, I think where things went wrong, those who listen live, said, I think it's because you didn't draw a distinction between the gospel and a gospel invitation or the gospel demand or the demand to believe the gospel. The gospel itself is just the good news of what Jesus did. So that isn't law, but the demand or call to believe the gospel is law because it's telling you to do something that you cannot do. And if you don't do it, you will perish. So maybe I did not draw that distinction, but I was hoping that the people themselves would go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and what someone just did there in the comments. Well, wait a minute. Gospel itself is different than what, than our believing. The gospel is good news. Our call to believe, well, that's something separate. I was hoping that that like it would spark this kind of conversation that the people would like theologically everyone was ready, but obviously theologically people were not ready. I don't know what happened. Everything just it just fell apart. It, it was like it was miserable. It was like like literally about I don't know how long into it twenty minutes, twenty five. I thought I literally almost thought. I, I And because I know this would have then created kind of a, a, a scene and I didn't want to create a scene, but there was almost a part of me says, you know what, guys, we're just going to cut this short. We're going to stop right here. You can spend the next 30 minutes just talking to one another and then we'll get started sometime after 11 for the next service. But that would have been like made everyone uncomfortable. But I wanted to stop it desperately, but I kept trying to talk about it this way and talk about it that way and it just everything just started spiraling out of control and i i still don't know what happened i trust me i did not arrive at church with water skis a boat a shark tank and a leather jacket i i i wasn't there to jump the shark i really wasn't but out of my control after almost a hun- over 100 hours somehow I mean, obviously we're talking about law and gospel, right? So when, when this, this brings up, listen, when demanding faith, we do not lay down a demand of the law, but issue the sweetest invitation, pr- uh, practically saying to our hearers, come for now, for all is now ready. I just wanted to take that phrase and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When we give the demands, to believe when we give the demand. They even refer to it as a demand. When I say believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And if you do not, you will perish. That's a law. Now, what we needed to do then is take a pause and then figure out how do we, how do we then work this out. And I, and that's what I love to do in my teaching is I like the people to go, okay, well, wait, 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 let's figure this out. But sometimes what happens is people feel like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what to do. Or he's wrong. He's, he's just wrong. He's wrong. And I'm like, what, what happened? I I, like, like, and I, and I understand that when I, I love to throw out these ideas, not well-defined, Because I want people to say, oh, this is going to, okay, this is going to be hard. Okay, let me grab my notebook. Okay, let all right. And start digging in. But it it almost came like, it was me. I don't know what happened. It wasn't like, oh, here's a group of people who want to work with me. It was a group of people who didn't seem to have a clue what was going on. And I was baffled, like, how do you not know what's going on? We've talked about, is the gospel, and, and I know when I say, is the gospel law or Is it gospel that confuses people? But obviously I was trying to say it in a way to get people to go, wait, 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 wait. The gospel says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I understand the gospel. See, I guess we have to really define our terms. The gospel itself is just the good news of what Jesus did. But there's an element to the gospel. We'll call, we can draw a distinction. And I guess I probably should have drawn the distinction. The gospel call right? That call to believe, that demanding people to believe or they will perish. That is the law element to it. And we know it's a law element because one, we can't do it, which is true of all of God's laws. God has to, in a sense, do it for us, give us the ability to do it, which is true. So, I think that there's a law element to it. And, 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 and this, has major pro, uh, this has major implications on your on your theology. If you are an Arminian, semi-Pelagian, anything over in that camp, well, you typically believe that, well, you can do it. You can believe. You can do it. Well, then if the gospel call is a law and then you do it and that's how you get saved, well, then guess what? You've just now basically claim that you're saved by what you do. So then they have to say, no, 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 it's not a law. It's simply an invitation. And you just be, you're just you just receiving the invitation. And you have the ability to receive the invitation. Therefore, you're not saved by works. But if I can demonstrate, no, 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 no. The gospel call is law. Well, and then if you are saved by your obedience to that law, not only do you believe you have the ability, ability to do it, You're now believing your salvation is because of what you did, which means you're saved by works, which would be a completely false gospel. But if I can show you the gospel call is a law, you can't do it, and God has to grant the faith and the belief, well, then you're not saved by works. You're saved completely by God, and God has to do it all. That's how typically the conversation occurs. But for some reason, when I connected that, The demanding of faith with the penalty of hell, when I describe that as a law, everyone seemed to forget all of these previous conversations that we've had about said subject. So, in fact, let me read the whole thing. So, this thesis does not score as an error the demand on the part of the pastor Be it ever so urgent that his hearers believe the gospel. Now, please note, they keep using the word demand. When I preach the gospel, I am calling and demanding, believe and be saved and if you do not perish. That's a demand. Now, they're saying that that's, that's not an error to do that. That demand has been made by all the prophets, all the apostles, even by Jesus. So everyone has made that demand. We don't have a problem. But the issue, but here we go. When demanding faith, we do not lay down a demand of the law. Now, they're saying when we demand faith, we're not giving a law. When we say, you must believe or you will perish, they they are claiming that's not a law where I'm struggling with that. They say it's simply a sweet invitation. I just don't know how sweet an invitation is. that says if you don't accept the invitation, you will burn forever. That doesn't sound like a sweet invitation. That sounds like a threat. They go on to say, when I invite a half-starved person to sit down to a well-furnished board and to help himself to anything he likes, I do not expect him to tell me he will take no orders from me. Even so, the demand to believe is to be understood not as an order of the law, but as an invitation of the gospel. Now, someone in church tried to say, well, wait, 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 wait. It can't be a law. It's just an invitation because whether they b- accept the invitation or don't accept the invitation, they're still going to burn. Well, so because the fact they're going to burn no matter what, they're going to go to hell no matter what, then that somehow makes it an invitation. So the invitation is you're, you can stay there and burn or you can come to, to accept this invitation and escape it. I guess you could try to, but the point is if you don't accept the invitation, you're going to burn. I don't know how that changes it. Oh, see, now it's just an invitation. It's not a demand. But isn't it preached as believe, believe, repent, and believe, and you will be saved. And if you don't, you will be damned. I, I still think there's a law aspect to it. I'm more than willing to have someone try to parse this and take it apart so that we can come to a different conclusion, but I, 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 again, I don't know what, how everything got so convoluted. Um, they go on to say, even so, the demand to believe is to be understood not as an order of the law, but as an invitation of the gospel. The error against which this thesis is directed is that man can produce faith in himself. Now that's the real point of this thesis is that, hey, we're fighting against the idea that man can produce faith in himself. In other words, man is incapable. Now, the the more they explain it, the more law appears to me. The demand to believe, man cannot do on their own. That's the law. The law says do and you will live, but you can't. So therefore, you're going to perish. The gospel says, the gospel call says believe But you can't do it. And because you can't do it, you will perish. I, I just, I see that there's a law element here. And for some reason that every, that derailed the entire, I deleted it like literally when the Sunday school lesson was over, I immediately went back and just delete, I deleted it like never to be heard from again because I couldn't believe how bad it went. So. Here's what we're going to do. I think we're going to be moving. I think we are going to be moving the entire law and gospel discussion out of the church to the studio, and we're going to try to finish this in the studio. But I don't want to quit the series. I want to finish the series. Now, maybe you may feel like we've jumped the shark, but I don't think we've jumped the shark. I think we now have to come down to a very something that hopefully those who've been participating in the study will now be like, oh, I'm motivated to figure this out. So when it comes to the gospel, all right, what distinctions do we need to make? The gospel itself. If the gospel itself is simply the good news of Christ's incarnation, his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, I'm going to bring all of that into it. Right? Because his, his life is very important to the gospel because that means he kept the law on my behalf for me. All right. So if, if I bring all of that together and say, that's the gospel, that's just the good news. Okay. If we say that's just the good news, then what do we call then the demand to believe that good news, to repent and believe in that good news or you will perish? What do we call that? Do we refer to that as the gospel call? Do we refer to that as the gospel invitation? Do we, what do we, or do we simply refer to that as the call to believe in that good news and that you must repent, you must believe it or you will perish? What do we call that demand to believe it? Do we call it a gospel call, a gospel, the gospel what? what? What do we call it? So maybe I shouldn't have said, maybe I think what confused people is when I said, well, the, is the gospel law or is the gospel gospel? Now, what I wanted for someone to say is, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait, the gospel. Okay, how are we defining the gospel? And then I would have probably said, and then we could say, oh, so we need to draw a distinction between the gospel and the demand to believe the gospel. So, in other words, the demand to believe is something different than the gospel itself. That would make sense, as someone did right here in the chat, almost instantaneously. Someone started trying to make that distinction just immediately. That's what I was hoping would happen. Just instantaneously, someone would be like, wait, wait, wait. The gospel is this. The call to believe it is obviously something separate to it. So, the gospel remains gospel, but the call, demand to believe it is clearly a law. We can't keep said law, so we are still saved, in a sense, by gospel because God is the one who does it. His God is the one who grants the faith and grants the repentance. I I think it would have only taken about 15, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes to just struggle through that, and then we could just draw some clear distinctions. But I think when I originally said it, instead of it going, wait, 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 I'm a little confused. Like people start raising their hands going, hey, wait, I'm a little confused. It almost became, I don't know what it became. Well, it became me with a leather jacket on water skis behind a boat, jumping a shark. September 20th, 1977, Fonzie did it. 2023, April 2023, I... Did it, and I lost the plot. I guess I lost the narrative. Everything fell apart. So we're going to bring the series to the studio. We're going to take it out of the church because I think I've just gone. I think I've just gone too long on it. Um, and I, I, you guess what? I don't think I'm going to get any. I don't think I'm going to get anyone going. Well, when are we going to go back? I don't think anyone in the church is going to ask where law. Look, look. Sometimes you can just tell you lost it. You've just you've gone too long. You've gone too far and nobody wants to pursue it any further. So you're going to have to move on to something else. So, uh, but I I believe that there is an audience for it. At least, I can't speak for the church, but online, I believe there's an audience for it. And so we're going to pursue it and we're going to see what we can find right here in this thesis. So what is your thoughts? The gospel is the good news. Uh, Let's define the gospel as the good news of the incarnation, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and ascension of Jesus Christ for us, all right, for our salvation. Now, that call, that demand, repent, believe, and you will be saved. And if you don't, you will perish. Do we call that the gospel call, the gospel demand, the gospel invitation? Can we agree that part is law? Or do you believe you can make that invitation a gospel-based invitation? Now, you may say, I don't, well, I don't really care one way or the other. I understand that. But it does have profound implications on maybe a more Calvinistic approach to salvation versus an Arminian approach, a free will approach versus a non-free will approach. A semi-Pelagian view versus a, an Augustinian view. I think it has major implications there. So, if you're participating, you can let me know. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at com. All right? And I... Uh, If I I don't think I made the mistake, I think when I was describing Happy Days as a show that was made in the 1970s, set in the 1950s, I think I said sat, but okay, set, sat, you get the idea. The setting of it was the 1950s. It was made in the 70s, obviously. All right. Now I'm thinking of anything I may have messed up. Now I'm paranoid. Now you're gun shy. Now you're, that's one thing happens in teaching. One thing goes wrong. And you, because a part of me, what I wanted to do is just, you know what? I jumped the shark. You know what? I'm just going to keep skiing right there with my leather jacket. I'm going to go ski to a different beach and just get off and just walk away and never go back and never be seen from again. Because uh, never heard from again, never seen uh, again. Because sometimes you just like that, that's just, it went so horribly wrong. It just went so horrible, And I don't know what happened because thesis 13, I thought was going to be like, oh, fly through thesis 13. We'll fly through it. And it's probably my fault because what I, what I should have done is just kind of ignored the first paragraph and got down to what is thesis, thesis 13 about? Thesis 13 is about that a person cannot produce faith in themselves. And I could have, should have kept it the main thing, the main thing, but I didn't keep it. I, I thought, well, this paragraph, we have to at least deal with this issue, right? When you demand faith, when you demand believe, when you demand repentance, and if you don't do it, you will perish. And then you demand something we can't do. That to me meets the very criteria for law. And maybe no one's ever thought of it before. But there we go. I wanted to give everyone an update. We will, we will, um, we will fit, we will unpack this and we will, we will make this work. I'm I'm just going to be interested for those who are participating to go, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I heard that Sunday school lesson and this is what I was confused about. Or I didn't hear that Sunday school lesson, but now I'm really confused. Or no, I think I understand, but I do can see why it could be a struggle. Look, I'm all for the struggle. Look, it was not an issue that people were struggling. Well, the part of the issue for me was, well, everyone there should have not, should have been already aware of all of the discussion because we've already had it multiple times. I think uh, people who've listened online said, oh, you've talked about that countless times. But I can understand going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a little confused here. All right. I think we need to draw some distinctions. And I would have been like, okay, let's draw those distinctions. Let's work together. Let's do this. But man, water skis, boat, water, shark, leather jacket. I jumped the shark. Now, what do you do when you jump the shark? Well, happy days went on to be number one for years to come. I'm clearly not number one. But I think we can I think we can save this so that we can finish this series. And when it's done, people will be like, that's the most intensive, in-depth look at law and gospel that's ever been produced anywhere. That's what I was hoping. And if we're going to produce the most intensive, the most in-depth look at law and gospel, then we can't just skip you know, a paragraph because it presents confusion or it presents difficulty. To me, theology is about embracing those concepts that are a little confusing or, or difficult and then making through it, all right? All right, the law of podcasting is I have to finish the series. Well, <laughs> no, that's that's not it. That's That's no, no. The law of podcasting is sometimes you should just, you know, you should just cut and run. Sometimes you just got to say, "Yeah, you know, it's time to move on. It's time to move on." But I don't want to move on. I want to finish the series because I just, I just think that there's, I, 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 even that paragraph. I understand that paragraph raised all kinds of like, "What's happening? What's?" Ha-? And I know that we've been taught our whole life when we when we call people to believe, we just invite them. We just invite, it's just an invitation. It's a gospel-based invitation, right? There's no law involved, but I, I, I'm I sorry when I say, repent, believe, or go to hell. <laughs> There's a law there, okay? Hey, Oh, by the way, you can't make yourself believe and you can't make yourself repent. God has to do it for you. It's the very essence that even the call to believe leaves me going, oh, wow. May God have mercy on me. May God grant me the faith. May God grant me the repentance. I don't know. Others may disagree and that's perfectly okay because then we can struggle through it. But it's got to be, it's not something we can just ignore, right? We can't, I can't go, whoa, this is too complicated. This is too, this is too difficult. We have to skip it. That's not my style. My style is, ooh, this paragraph is going to, but I, I didn't even really think the paragraph would create much controversy. I I really just thought, oh, we're going to read through, I didn't even think the fir- I thought I could just read through the first paragraph and it would be like, Yeah, we know this. Good. Move on. Move on. But it's like, I read the first paragraph and it's like. Or what's the sound effect for water skiing? Hit the ramp. Jump. Splash. There. Is that the good sound effect? I jumped the shark and it was over. It was done. So I I am aware enough. I I, I do have enough self-awareness to go, mm, it's time to drop that ser- series at church. Let's move it here to the underground bunker. Well, it's not really underground. It's actually in the second, and, and a second story hidden room. Okay. It's not really that hidden. Okay. I don't know what to call it. All right. But wherever I'm at here in the studio, I think it's better here. And, uh, We'll see if we can advance it and move forward. So if you have any thoughts on all of this, love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Sorry for wasting your time having to kind of just do this, but I kind of lead, needed you to understand what had happened. And, and then I got to try to put it all back together. It's up to me to put it back together. But yeah long gospel, jump the shark. Now we got to do with the after effects of jumping the shark. See if we can maintain this, drive it all the way to the shore and complete this series. And when it's done, people go, well, there was that one really messed up jump the shark episode, but guess what? We're back on track now. We got this. We got, we finished it. We did it. We did it. So maybe we can we can put this all back together and it's going to take a wee effort because this, this series is, it's calling for people to participate and struggle through this very, I don't think it's complicated, but a very important theological distinction. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.